Soldier, a sonnet by Rupert Brooke. If I should die, think only this of me, that there's some corner of a foreign field that is forever England. There shall be in that rich earth a richer dust concealed, a dust whom England bore, shaped, made aware, gave once her flowers to love, her ways to roam, a body of England's breathing English air, washed by the rivers, blessed by sons of home. And think this heart all evil shed away, a pulse in the eternal mind, no less gives somewhere back the thoughts by England given. Her sights and sounds, dreams happy as her day, and laughter learned of friends and gentleness in hearts at peace under an English heaven. Hi, I'm Andrew Kern, sitting in for David Kern on this remembrance of World War I. <laughs> it's actually not November 11th, as I read. It's a little bit after that, but I'm reading, sitting in for David, reading some World War I poems because I'm astonished by how little we Americans make of the Great War, as they call it in Europe. It changed us as a nation, one of those change-them-forever experiences. And yet we, we hardly made note of it when it passed this year. And this year was the 100th anniversary to the day when on 11-11, at 11-11 in the morning in 1918, four years of war had come to an end. I think we ought to remember it more. It was a world-changing war in a much deeper way than, for example, what's happening right now in Afghanistan is, unless, of course, things change. An old world came to an end. But when it started, and it started with a bang, and I don't mean that it started with a bang from Gavriel Princip's gun when he killed the Archduke. I mean that it started with a bang in the sense that it was a Let's have at it. Rupert Brooke, who wrote the poem I just read and will close with, wrote another poem. In fact, it was, these are, it's a series of five sonnets, and The Soldier, the one I just read, is, is the last of those sonnets. The first sonnet was called Peace, and it opened like this. Now God be thanked who has matched us with his hour and caught our youth and wakened us from sleeping with hand made sure clear eye and sharpened power to turn as swimmers into cleanness leaping, glad from a world grown old and cold and weary, leave the sick hearts that honor could not move, and half men and their dirty songs and dreary and all the little emptiness of love. What do you do with that? Sounds like he's rejecting normal everyday life because of the excitement of escaping the boredom of a world grown old and cold and weary, and he gets to go off to war. Well, Rupert Brooke is one of the last optimists of war, you might even say. He felt like going off to war would be a great adventure. And for him, maybe it was. But on April 23rd of 1915, near Constantinople near Troy, 
where he had, in fact, kind of hoped to die. He did die, only at the Battle of Gallipoli. He was on a boat in the Dardanelles, sick. And he died of a disease. And many, 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 many thousands upon thousands of soldiers died of disease. Others died from the gas, some from bullets and some from explosions. But for Rupert Brooke, who was an aristocrat, there was something honorable about dying in war for your country. It's questionable whether anybody thinks that way anymore. I'm going to read two more poems, not today, about World War I. And the third one is actually a challenge to that whole idea of an honorable death. Maybe that works for aristocrats. Maybe those are the only ones it works for. Maybe it works for those who are glad from a world grown old and cold and weary. But what about people who are perfectly happy to live in the world as it is? They're not so happy to go off to war and get killed. But the other thing about World War I that we can't get our heads around today, apart from the very length of time, is the colossal number of people who died. America, as I understand, the United States lost 100,000 soldiers. Almost all of them between November of 17 and November of 18. Between Russia, Germany, Britain, Belgium, Austria, Italy, Turkey, Bulgaria, well, that's Austria-Hungary, and North Africa, something like 17 million people. 17 million people, mostly young men. There's a gash upon across European history from that war, just a thick black line, a cliff, into which one could say Western civilization slipped and fell. We who are surrounded by oceans and Canada and Mexico, it's hard for us. Not having, not having the Somme, not having Mons, not having Verdun, not having the battlefields of the war and the monuments to that war and the colossal scale of that war in front of us. Consider that 500,000 Americans died in the Civil War and that was an unbelievably big war. 17 million people died in World War I. Many of them came out of that war cynical about the value of war and sick of honor. Rupert Brooke didn't. His poem was read on Easter Sunday, 1915, in the churches of England. And about a week later, he died on a ship off the coast of Turkey in the Dardanelles. Listen to how he refers to his relationship to England 
knowing full well that he might die far away. If I should die, think only this of me, that there's some corner of a foreign field that is forever England. There shall be in that rich earth a richer dust concealed, a dust whom England bore, shaped, made aware, gave once her flowers to love, her ways to roam, a body of England's, breathing English air, washed by the rivers, blessed by the sons of home. And think, this heart, all evil shut away, a pulse in the eternal mind, no less gives somewhere back the thoughts by England given, her sights and sounds, dreams happy as her day, and laughter learned to friends, and gentleness in hearts at peace under an English heaven. Thank you for listening. Thank you.